Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Today I want to talk to you about how to stay in your happy place. Go to your happy place. You ever have those moments at work where you just kind of go to that place that you love? Most of the time it's in your imagination. You know, you, you dream for a moment that, you want, that you're not here doing this job or in this situation. Maybe you find yourself at a beach. How many of you are beach people? Hmm? I, I, I always, like, think it's a good idea to go to the beach, but it's just so, you just end up with sand in everything. I love the ocean, but I, I, I tolerate the beach for about five or ten minutes. And, but give me a mountain. Mm. The mountains of Colorado. I'm going to live there. Huh? Come on, somebody else. Give me a happy place. Name a happy place for me. Where's your happy place? Yes, that's where you live. And I am envious of where you live because that's the home of my Denver Broncos, too. Who else? Can somebody name a happy place. What do you? By campfire. By campfire. Now, that's a nice, simple, happy place. It, it didn't even cost money, really, to sit by a campfire. It's cheap. What else? How about McKinney, Texas? Oh, there you go, sir. Yes, sir. Specifically, one cause church, right? Of course. But, you know, the, the, the idea of going to your happy place, you know, kind of escaping your situation. But how many of you know you still got to do the job? You still got to do what you got to do. But from this passage of Scripture, we're, we're not going to just see how to go to a happy place, but how to live in it. How to be happy and stay happy. Huh? It's a good day to come to church. Blessed, verse 4. Blessed. The word means happy. The word blessed means happy. Happy are those who do what? Who dwell in your house. Now, here's the promise from dwelling in the house of God. They will still be praising you. They will still be praising you. So in other words, what the psalmist is saying is that this isn't just an occurrence that happens in the house. This praise rings out throughout your week, in your home, on that job, in traffic, on the way to work, still praising God. They will still be praising you. Blessed is the man whose strength or happy is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. I'll explain that in just a moment. As they pass through the valley of Baca, the valley of Baca, literally Baca means, or Baca, whatever it is, means weeping. They make it a spring. The rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Oh, that's good. Each one appears before God in Zion. Or the, the, the original text says that the God of gods will be seen in Zion. O Lord of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. O God, behold our shield and look upon the face of your anointed. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand. Better is one day in your... Anybody remember that song? I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will, will give grace and glory. 
No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed or happy is the man who trusts in you. See, three different times we see the word blessed here. We see the blessing is known or realized by something that happens. And then a promise follows that. So the thing that happens is what you do in order to stay or be happy. And it says happy, the first place in verse 4, are blessed or happy are those who dwell in your house. The word dwell means to sit like you're doing. You're dwelling right now in the house of the Lord, sitting or abiding or staying, which means this is a place that you are that you frequent. This means that you make the house of God or the church your home. You attach. Everybody say attachment. All right, I'm just going to give you three A's this morning, all right? We're going to kind of simplify it, and I want to put it like in a little basket for you, for you to take home and remember. So I've alliterated these truths today. Attachment. Say that with me. Attachment. You didn't say that with me. You said attachment. I'm sorry. I was dumb. Attachment. Stay on course, Eric. Stay focused. Attitude, attitude. and assurance. assurance. Let's say it again. Attachment, attitude, attitude. and assurance. assurance. Blessed are those who dwell. You attach yourself. You've become a permanent fixture in the house of God. Yeah. And it says, they will still be praising you. In Psalm chapter 34, David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. I will bless the Lord at all times. Not when I'm just excited. Not when life is good. I'm going to bless him at all times. Yeah. Well, yeah. how did he get to do that? Because he was one who went to the house of God regularly. Yeah. Even Jesus himself, when he walked this earth, the scripture said he went to the synagogue. For us, that's this, the church, as was his custom. Think about that. Jesus was a regular churchgoer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if anybody, if anybody would say, I don't need church. I mean, you'd think he could say that, but he went. He went. He saw the importance of the gathering, saw the importance of when believers come together because you get in this kind of atmosphere what you don't get just in your individual experience with God. Now, that's one dynamic in and of itself. Aren't you grateful that you have a personal, individual relationship with the Lord? But it's not meant to just be left at that because you also, when you come here, you realize you are an individual member of a body, yeah. right? Yeah. All members of the same body, worshiping the same Lord, living by the same spirit. Yeah. So this helps you get the, the larger picture, if you will, to see the, the grand scheme. And Jesus said, I will build my church. And when we gather together, when we gather in expectation, there's something that happens. I don't know about you, but you know, some of the greatest, most memorable things in my life have happened in church. Of course, I mean, I've been in church all my life. When I was a kid, I didn't have a choice. And I'm grateful that I didn't have a choice. I'm grateful that my parents made that choice for me. They didn't let me decide. And so it, it, it brought about a, a life habit to be in the house of God. But, you know, I got married in church to this beautiful woman. 
That, I, that was a memorable experience. My kids were all dedicated to the Lord in the house of God. I was baptized in the Spirit and spoke in other tongues in church. I mean, those are life-changing. I was saved in church. I came to know Christ. I've learned to grow in church. Learn more about God and by hearing His Word and hearing who He is and His plan for my life. I mean, think about the impact that this gathering has on your life. It's more than just going somewhere. It's growing somewhere. This is, this is enhancing every part of your life. And David says there's, there's a response that happens to the people of God who attach themselves to the house. So that when troubles come and things get difficult, they're still praising God because their life is founded, founded, solidified, established in the house of the Lord. It's a powerful thought, isn't it? I see it like that. I kind of see it like a battery that needs to be recharged. I like rechargeable batteries. We, that's what we use for our microphones and stuff. And we have this little thing back here. I don't know what it is, but it charges the batteries. We just snap them in there, and lo and behold, they're ready to go again. you got the things of this world that are pulling on you all the time. You know, you're out there, and you've got demands on your life. You've got demands from work. You've got demands from your spouse and from the kids. You've got demands, demands, demands. And, and if you're not getting recharged, if you're not getting full again, well, you're going to wear out real quick. But the scripture talks about coming to they that wait upon the Lord, which means to gather together with expectation, shall renew their strength. And I'm kind of getting into the second part of this message. But what I'm saying is this, this experience, never underestimate this moment, this coming to the house of God. Think about what it's doing in your life. And, and this will keep just this con continual connection to God. I need this. I, I love coming to church because it's like, I told the 930 service, it's like a reset. You know, you just kind of get centered again and you lift your voice and you begin to magnify God and where he becomes the largest thing again. You know, you might've had a tough week, you a lot of things, decisions you had to make, but, but right now, I'm getting the proper perspective on things. God is the largest thing. And we lift him up and we worship him. That helps us see everything else in our life, these other experiences, with the right perspective. So that they don't swallow us up. Instead, we can voice our praise to God and continue to have a song in our heart and praise on us because of who he is in our lives. Blessed are those, or happy are those who dwell in your house. They will still be praising. Keep coming, keep coming, so you can live your life fully charged with his praise. Amen. And, with, and, and, and it also means, uh, the, the word praise means to, to celebrate or to shine, specifically to shine his favor. So his favor is shining on you, and as a result, it's reflecting his favor to everybody around you. They see the hand of God on your life. Why? Because you don't talk like everybody else. You don't get swallowed up by your circumstances. No, no, your life is founded on the rock. Amen. Because, because you're attached to your purpose. No, I'm, I'm an individual member, but I'm a member of a, of a body. I'm part of his purpose. And so I know in these difficult times, I'm going to lift my voice and bless my God. I'm going to keep praising him because the outcome is going to be good. Look at verse 5. Blessed or happy is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart 
is set on pilgrimage. Whose strength is in you. Whose heart is set on pilgrimage. Everybody say attitude. This really is about your attitude. Setting your attitude. Attitude meaning your outlook and your position in life. Uh, your opinion, your inclination, your conviction. The word pilgrimage here means highway or raised way. All right. In other words, you set your attitude in such a way that you take the high road in every circumstance. There is a high road to take. You know, one of those roads is this. Jesus said, in the world you have trouble, but be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. That's the high road. The low road, huh? The low road is to get depressed. The, the, the low road is let your circumstances overwhelm you. The high road, what does he mean, be of good cheer? Because you know something. You're more persuaded. You have a different persuasion of, other than what you're seeing. And that is God is on your side. That's why you can take cheer. That's why you can be of good cheer in those tribulations. It's a raised way. Your happy place is where your attitude is set at a high altitude. You hold the position of a heavenly perspective because my family, that's where you're seated right now. In the spirit. Now, right now you're seated here at One Cause Church, but in the spirit, the scripture says you're seated with Christ in heavenly places. And, and, and you understand that you set your attitude at a high altitude because you know that you're in this world, but you're not of this world. You have access to resources that this world can't give you. You have access to heaven's resources. And those, some of those resources are his strength, his might, his power, his ability. And when your attitude is elevated on that highway, then God's strength comes to your life. Amen. And your outlook is one that continually expects and sees a positive outcome. Because you, you know what the word says. All things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. Amen. I have, and I've told you this before, but I, you know, it's it, amazing to me. I'm, I live in a preacher's world, so you have to excuse me. But I have a lot of friends who are preachers, and I've had them tell me, why, why do you just preach feel-good messages? Why don't you tell people the truth? you got to have a balance of both things. I'm like, a balance? Can you possibly balance grace? How do you balance grace? Because we're seeing about it, grace much more about it. By grace you are saved through faith. You can't balance this God and his gifts. When I read the scriptures, it says, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings, happy tidings of good things. I don't know what they're preaching, but I'm like, this is what I'm supposed to preach. Feel good messages. Well, it's not really about feel good. It's about you knowing the goodness of God and your response is, I feel good about that. Right? You feel good about the grace of God. You feel good about the love of God. You feel good about the favor of God upon your life. See, this is happy because God wants you to be happy. Happy, happy. Now, look what happens here. This is awesome. See, because being born again means you're born on high. There's a high elevated place to live, and our attitude must be one that is high. Every situation of life, there's a high road to take. But it says, as they pass through the valley of 
or the valley of weeping. I do like this, that it says through. Aren't you grateful for that? <laughs> We're going through it. Yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death? Through the valley. That, that's not your end. It's just, so what this is talking about when it, when it says their, their, their hearts are set on pilgrimage, what David is describing is the walk from where they live to the house of God. And for some, there in, in Palestine, there's, there's this valley, and Baca is, a, it means weeping, but it's really akin to the balsam trees that grow there, which they call them weeping trees, or kind of like a weeping willow, maybe, I'm not real sure exactly. But, so this is, a, this is a, but they're traversing on their way to the house of God. I see that as, you know, Monday morning, the tr it starts until I get here on Sunday. All right, going through the valley. because this world is troubled, right? There's weeping in this world. There's there are issues. There's sadness in this world. But look what happens to those whose strength is in God. They make it. They make what? The valley of weeping a spring. See, you're here to change your circumstances, not succumb to circumstances. They make it a spring where it should have taken you out, where it should have bogged you down. Now there's life teeming from it. This spring is a, literally it means a fountain from tears going down to blessings going up. And then, you know, the scripture does say that though there may be an enduring through the night of weeping, maybe weep, you may weep for a night, but the joy of the Lord comes in the morning. That's the end result. Joy is the end result. The rain also covers it with pools. The word pools here means blessings. All right. So it's like, you are, because of who you are, because of who God is in you, you come into a situation where there is sorrow, sadness, and bring joy and bring strength. And then it looks like the Lord gets in on it with you. The rain also covers it with pools. The scripture likens to the spirit, likens the spirit to rain or to water coming down. This is awesome, isn't it? You change your situation. You come into a place and things get better because you're there. Hmm? Things get better because you're there. Amen. You need to expect that wherever you work, that business gets blessed because you're there. And you're shining the favor of God there. You know? And you want that to happen. Where you go, others are impacted by the God in you. Amen. When you set your altitude on, on the highway, your attitude, I should say, you may very well experience moments of grief and sadness, but you don't stay there. You come out of that sorrow with praise on your lips and your heart full of joy because you know who is on your side. In troubled times, God is your strength. In your weakness, his strength is made perfect. Amen. In fearful times, God is here as your peace. Amen. That's why it says, don't, don't fear anything. Don't be anxious for anything. But in everything by prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God that passes all understanding. You also know that God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Amen. In an uncertain times, and there's certainly enough uncertain times and uncertain things in this world, God is your certainty. Stay on that highway. Keep your attitude up. Looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Amen. Look at verse seven. They go from strength to strength. I like that. They go from strength to strength. They get strong and they stay strong. Strength to strength. 
Each one appears before God in Zion. I want to explain Zion for just a moment for you know, some of you who don't know what that is. Zion is, uh, well, let's just look at it from Hebrews chapter 12. And, and the, the writer of Hebrews is describing to us believers what we've come into in this new covenant. All right, this is, The imagery is beautiful. But you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels. Did you see that? An innumerable company of angels. You know there's more for you than there is against you. Amen. Amen. But uh, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven. Isn't it good to know you're registered in heaven? To God, the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect. That's you. Why? Because of this one right here. To Jesus the mediator of the new covenant, otherwise the one who made all this possible. And to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. Abel's blood cried out to the ground. The Lord told Cain, your brother's blood cries out to me. I hear his blood speaking. We understand from the scripture that blood has a voice. And Abel's, Abel's voice, that blood was speaking justice. I need justice. I'm, I'm innocent and I got killed. I need justice. But Jesus' blood speaks better things. Ooh, it speaks grace, mercy, forgiveness, redemption. Amen. Well, I got a few amen. But I, amen. Verse 11. I love this. Attitude. Turn to somebody and tell them, your attitude needs altitude. <laughs> Amen. Get it up. Verse 11, for the Lord God is a sun and shield. I like these descriptions. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, happy is the man who trusts in you. And last one, look at assurance. This is how you stay in your happy place. By your attachment to the right kinds of things. Specifically, the house of God, your attitude, taking the high road, but then your faith in God, being fully assured that what God said he would do, he'll do it. Fully persuaded that God is able and not only is he able, but he's willing. Amen. Have faith in God. Miss Velma told me this years ago. uh, She uh, told me this acronym for faith. Fully assured. I trust him. I like that. Fully assured, I trust him. So then David gives us, he gives us the happy part, the result, after he gives us why we trust in you, what, what causes us to trust him, and it, through those descriptions of God. So I want to talk about those for just a minute. Look at this. It says, the Lord God is a son, a son, S-U-N. He is a son. In other words, he is your constant light. Uh, he helps you see things. That the eyes of our heart, the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened. That's what this means, that God reveals things to you. He's, he's exposing himself, his light, his revelation to you of who he is. He's this constant burning sun. So when you walk by faith, you can see things that you can't naturally see in the, with, you, with these eyes. And so you're never in the dark, even in dark times. God is a continual sun. There for you. And then it says, the Lord God is a shield. I like that. What does a shield do? It protects you. He's your protector. 
He surrounds you. As a matter of fact, Psalms chapter 5, verse 12 says that you, O Lord, will bless the righteous and with favor you will surround him as with a shield. His favor shields your life. Amen. I like that. You need to expect that. You need to expect that. When you're coming into a situation like a job interview, thank God that his favor is a shield. So before you get to that interview, favor showed up on your behalf first. Huh? And presented a favorable situation. Got to get that uh, loan from the loan officer. Thank you, Lord. Huh? Your favor surrounds me like a shield. But also, the Bible also describes our faith as a shield. The shield of faith. And that shield shields you from all the lies and accusations of the devil. You know, that's really all he has the power to do is to lie to you. He roams about like a roaring lion. He's not a roaring lion. He's a lousy lizard, a sneaky snake. But he sounds like a lion. He's got a big mouth. But it says, seeking whom he may devour. He didn't have permission to devour you unless you're given permission. Right? So you understand he's powerless to do anything. But So what he tries to do is persuade you. So he accuses you all the time or he lies to you. And your faith in God, though, keeps you in truth. So you know the difference between what's true and what's not. Huh? You can spot the lie real quick because you're founded on the rock of truth. All right. And then it says the Lord will give grace. Aren't you grateful for his grace? I like Hebrews 4.16. Let us therefore come boldly before the throne of grace. God has terms for us to meet in coming before the throne of grace. And he will not let you come cowering. He will not let you come begging. He says come boldly. I love that. Boldly before the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. There's grace. There's grace for you. The Lord will give it. As I said earlier, we don't, when I was growing up, I always heard this term. Maybe you know what I'm talking about. Take it to the cross. Take it to the cross. Except they always had to, our, our pastor years and years ago always had that vibrato. Take it to the cross. Ominous sounding. Take it to the cross. He never talked like that in normal life, but take it to the cross. But here's the deal. The Bible doesn't tell us to do that. It doesn't say come boldly before the cross. Jesus took it to the cross. Jesus took your sickness, your pain, he took your ailments, your diseases, your calamities, your anxieties. He took your sins and nailed them to that cross. You don't go to the cross. He went there. You go to the throne of grace. That cross has given you access to the throne of grace. You don't need you looking back. At, oh, I got to go to the cross. No, I'm crucified with Christ. That's a one-time deal. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me in the life that I now live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Go to the throne of grace. Amen. And then it says the Lord will give glory. The word glory means honor. Yeah. I like that. Honor. Let the Lord honor you. Thank you. Don't put your own efforts in trying to promote yourself. Let the Lord do that. 
How do you do that? When you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. It says he will exalt you. Well, what does it mean to humble myself? It doesn't mean to beg. It means to believe. It just means to believe God. Hey, it can be humiliating at times having faith in God. Because when you're speaking the word into a situation that is opposite the word, by his stripes I am healed. Yeah, but you're sick, dummy. Why don't you say what's real? Welcome to, come down here to the real world. No, I tried the real world. It doesn't work. I found something more real, which is faith in God. It's a substance and it's an evidence of things I'm hoping for. I, I, can, I, can, I can experience it for real. This isn't just wishful thinking. I'm throwing up. Amen. This is my assurance. Faith, as I've said before, you're not risking anything in faith. Faith takes all the risk out. When you doubt, you risk. When you stay in fear, that's risky. Faith is the assurance. Amen. Fully assured. And look what happens. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Well, what does it mean to walk uprightly? Guess what? Walk by faith. That's what it means. Because without faith, it's impossible to please him. The just shall live by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. Oh, what assurance we have. Because of these things... So what this is saying, when we walk by faith, we are continually living with an open hand experience with God. No good thing will he withhold. He's not, to those who believe, those who have humbled himself to receive his promise, he's not going to withhold any good thing. And he has a lot of good things. Hmm? Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation nor shadow of turning, which means he's not going to bless you one day and blast you the next. He's only going to bless you. Amen. Because his son is seated next to him, ensuring, Hebrews 9.11 says this, that Christ has become our high priest of the good things to come. Woo. He's there ensuring good things keep coming to your life. Go to your happy place. Stay in your happy place. Attach yourself to the house of the Lord. Be a permanent fixture in God's house. Keep your attitude at a high heavenly altitude. And take the high road. Draw near to God with a true heart, the scripture says, in full assurance of faith. Live every day happy. Every day. Thank you, Father, for this time together with these precious people. Thank you for your word that is faithful and true to every generation, even to this generation. Lord, I thank you for your help. Your word says you're a very present help in times of trouble. Lord, we see here, God, the, the happy blessings that we receive in just really these few simple ways, God, to be people who are committed to be in the house of God. So that we continue to keep the right perspective and understand that you are worthy of all of our praise in every situation, in every day of our life. And God, that you call us higher. My ways are higher, you said. My thoughts are higher. Help us to elevate our attitude to the highway, God. And to stay that position so that we are not easily moved by contrary circumstances or contrary people. And I thank you, Father, 
for the assurance that we have that you can fully be trusted in all the things that you are for us, a sun, a shield, giving grace and glory and giving us every good thing. You who did not spare your own son, but delivered him up for all of us. How will you not with him freely give us all things? Thank you for that. And I thank you, Lord, for a happy people here. That they leave here happy and they go into their week and they choose to live in the gift of happiness that you give them, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Um, I want to take a moment to pray for anyone here who needs healing in their body. If you're here, just raise your hand. You're dealing with any kind of pain, sickness, fighting a disease, or maybe you want to you sit in for somebody. You know somebody. Somebody's close to you and means something to you. Somebody you love, you want to pray for them. Thank you, Father, for these who have their hands up. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your anointing of healing. That is a continual flow. It's a continual flow. It doesn't come and go. No, it's all once the first stripe was laid on our Savior's back. A fountain of healing opened up, and it is still gushing today, gushing to us. Thank you, Lord, that your word, you sent it, and you healed them, and you delivered them from their destruction. Because your word is life to those who find it. It's held to all of their flesh. And Lord, this new covenant of healing was cut in the very body of our Savior, who said, this is my body, which is broken for you. It was broken for you so that your body can be whole. So, Lord, we thank you. Right now, everybody here that is in need of healing is receiving it now. And that healing power of God is invading their bodies, and it's driving out everything that's contrary to healing. Every form of sickness and disease and pain and mental anguish in the name of Jesus. Surely, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Surely he has borne our sickness and our diseases and our pains. And by his stripes, say it, I am healed in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. Let's stand together. I want to bless you before Kayla comes up. If you would, when you stand, just lift your hands to the Lord and Lord, thank you for this time together. And now may the Lord bless you May the Lord happy you. May the Lord bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you and all of your house and be gracious to you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com. 